Namaste. This is Preeti Adhikari. I am the founder of the Great Nepali Diaspora, a community of global Nepali professionals, and this is TGND Beats, Diaspora's Kurakani. Our podcast aims to showcase people with roots in Nepal and share their stories of struggle, perseverance, and success. My guest today is Nirne Lohni. Nirne is a chief of staff for LMS Marketing at LinkedIn and has over 15 years of experience working in consulting, strategy, and program management. She is also the communications co-lead for North America's chapter of Women at LinkedIn, which is one of the largest employee resource groups that aims to build inclusive community of women and allies, uplift women and those who identify as women in the workforce empower and enable them to uh, find their voice. She is passionate about mentoring and developing a new generation of leaders. Let's get started. Welcome, Nirna. Thank you, Pratiti. I am so excited. Um, I know we've talked uh, a couple of times, Aina, and uh, I've always felt like, okay, I, I want to talk more, that we, we're, we're usually on an agenda with you know discussing some topic, and I'm so glad that finally we get a chance to talk about you um, and your story. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here. Just being in a podcast that focuses on like the Nepali diaspora is just so exciting. And I am, I think I've like shared this with you many times, but I am just in awe of all the things that you're doing for this community. So just want to share my gratitude. Thank you. Thank you, Nirna. And likewise, I'm so inspired by everything you do. And, you know, uh, difference, or I'd say, you know, I, I do want to point out is, you know, a lot of uh, things I do maybe are more public, right, that are seen by everybody. Uh, there are the things that you've done uh, for the diaspora uh, in terms of, you know, whether it's your connections at LinkedIn and things like that are uh, not that public, but I so appreciate that. And I think the people that you've um, impacted um, through your help has been amazing as well. Thank you. I'm very excited for the conversation today. Oh, perfect, perfect. So let's get started in terms of, you know, uh, tell us about Timro, uh, uh, you know, childhood in Nepal. What was that like, you know, your schooling? And if you have any fond memories from that time? Okay. Um, so I'm from Kathmandu and a place called Kilagal. A lot of people actually don't know where uh, Kilagal is. I, I have no idea, actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's basically connected to Tamil, Indratuk, awesome. Like, it's so central to everything. Right, um, right. Yeah, so I always like to tell people that I'm from the heart of the city. And so you can go to New Road, right. go to Tamil, like, Nordivi. Everything is very, very close by. And it's like it has a huge Nepali population and so you know you get to try all the food from oh my god <laughs> so it's I mean the next time you go to Nepal you should definitely go to Kilagal I, uh, I definitely will and I did my schooling from Brihaspati and then um, went to uh, St. Xavier's for ISC Mm -hmm. I am the youngest of the four daughters to my parents so you can imagine how much fun uh, we had our sisters growing up um, and I think it's really hard to pick one memory. Um, 
but I would say maybe like that special Saturday morning lunch together mm -hmm. as a family uh, and the simplicity of the everyday life I think is what uh, you know like I think back to now because right, right. we didn't really realize right like what mm -hmm. we had and then exactly when the reality of adulthood hits you uh, then you start appreciating the simple things so of course no I I so agree I think adulting just sounds good on paper it's not so, <laughs> yeah, know. Like, you know, as as good as, as as it sounds um and I have uh, two sisters so I you know I love that bond with them so I can you know totally imagine your uh, childhood growing up uh, with your sisters you know yeah having sisters is probably the best thing in life they're, they're your best friends for life like right? as, exactly. as uh, corny <laughs> as that sounds it's so so true exactly perfect um so Nirna like I mean you have such an impressive background right what did you want to be when you when you grew up um and have you actually stuck to that childhood dream or has it changed completely oh um so I think it has changed obviously for like for the many people mm -hmm. it's changed a bunch of times first I wanted to be a pilot and then someone told me <laughs> someone told me that I had to be really good in geometry <laughs> Okay. And that was the reason. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was it. I dropped the idea right then and there. And it wasn't like I was super poor in geometry, but I think I just like, I was not very good at taking exams. Like I would always right. freak out, right? And then and then I also wanted to be a model at some point. And then I, I would oh do my God. runway show for my sisters when I was <laughs> I clearly didn't make a career out of it. Um, but honestly, like I didn't have a very clear idea of what I wanted to do. But I do remember that, like I wanted to be influential mm -hmm. um, and and do what I can to make a difference. Like it made me happy to be able to help people. Um, and so that's always stayed with me. So even right. in the current phase of life, no matter what I do, like I find ways to give back to the community or to people, like mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, like, of a, from a monetary aspect maybe it's like donating to the right um uh, right organizations or you know helping like fund education or um just like mentoring people and guiding the youngsters that are in the U.S. who didn't right you know, like who similar to us like when we came we didn't really know a lot of people we didn't like my family almost all of them were back um, in Nepal like everybody mm -hmm. went to you know everybody basically worked in like some form of corporation like mom my mom's a teacher my dad was a you know he worked for like government corporation so like they didn't have a perspective on how to survive in the U.S. Mm -hmm. right um, exactly. so I just like always felt like oh man I wish there was somebody to guide me on like how to live in this U.S. life and just like be successful in this corporate America. So that's something that's I think I shared this with you in the past as well. Like mm -hmm. I really want to do something um, where I can bring to the forefront like how people have been able to, you know, like be successful, like make it in America, mm -hmm. um, and like others could learn from them and could have that mentoring kind of opportunity. So, of course. Yeah. Of course, no. That that's that's so important. I think 
um, you know, especially for our community, I think that's been, um, you know, missing um, in so many ways, right? Where um, every person go like, you know, everybody that comes here, like we have our own individual challenges, but they're so similar that we haven't been able to learn from each other and we haven't been able to uh, really um, figure out, okay, you know, this is how you do it. There is no, there has not been like a blueprint for life here, right? Exactly, exactly. And everybody has their own struggle and their own journey, right? Like mm-hmm. no two journeys are going to be the same, but at least right. like the learnings throughout, I think it would help so many people to just know the pitfalls. Of course, of course. You actually save a lot of valuable time uh, by learning from others' mistakes, Saruni, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Perfect. Um, on that note, uh, Nirna, uh, how was your journey to the U.S.? How, when did you come here? Uh, how did you decide to come here? And, you know, when you actually came here, uh, did you have any cultural shock uh, moments, Arun? Mm. <clears throat> I'm sure I had plenty. <laughs> um, so I knew, I knew after I uh, finished high school that right. I didn't want to be in Nepal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of the things, you know, no matter how much we advance, like it's still patriarchal. And right. I didn't like the things mm-hmm. uh, on how girls were treated and the opportunities right. girls had. And also, mm-hmm. I just didn't see myself being successful in Nepal. So I knew that I wanted to be in the US. Um, so I came here for college back in 2004. I went to BYU and then you know graduated with um, bachelor's in information systems. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the cultural shock moment for me was I I didn't really know about the culture of the right. I went to, so it was just very different. Mm-hmm. Um, but it didn't necessarily matter to me how it was. It, it was a really good school. Um, you know, I graduated with zero debt, and I think that <laughs> matters, exactly right, like, right so of course. People. Yeah, that that are constantly in debt. So that was really, really important to me. Um, and I don't know what else. I think just after after I graduated and then after I started workforce, I just, one of the things that I, I don't know if it's cultural shock, but like one of the things that was I, I was taken aback by was just how little mm-hmm college prepares you or even like life prepares you for you know the corporate world <laughs> right right no 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 of course of course I, I so agree right even the things that you're you you're taught are not really life skills okay? they're just uh you know subjects right they're just exactly. um it's there's much more to actually working and surviving in uh in the in the real world than you know what what college prepares you for for sure yeah yeah and you just don't see that you know around you even in Mm -hmm. college even if you have a community or a group of people that are from Nepal for example like these are not the things that you talk about you talk Mm about fun stuff you you know you like just want to have a good time but like talking about work and like how to navigate that those are not things that you talk to anybody so like understanding the concept of having a mentor or finding a sponsor like those were some of the things I understood so much later in my life 
no no exactly no no i so agree i so agree and we've talked about this obviously right but it's like <laughs> one of the one of my sort of you know when i look back at my life um one of the big regrets i have is i uh, i didn't really know about all of this and i wish so wish that uh you know i had that or you know people uh, from 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 our community have that right and uh one thing that we're hoping uh, tgnd becomes is at least that right i think we're mm -hmm. uh, moving towards that but i'm i really hope that you know kids that you know students that are coming in now and that they're starting their lives they have at least like the least we we can be as a community is one person they can reach out to and just you know help them figure things out right yeah yeah exactly no, oh, I, I, I mean, I, I so agree with all of you, all of uh, the things you said. And, you know, I think even in terms of what you shared about in Nepal, right, I think uh, the the diff uh, the experience of men and um, women, or like I should say, girls and boys, when, when we actually leave Nepal is so different in terms of the things we're uh, we're chasing or, you know, the patriarchy and so on that we're trying to avoid. I think it plays such a big part in uh, why we make the choices we do. Haina? Yeah, yeah. And I don't, it, as sad as it sounds, like, I don't know if I would have, sh I, I would have been shaped into what I am today if I was still in Nepal. Right, right. And it's like, uh, I mean, and it, it is uh, kind of sad, right? When you think about you, uh, as a person with the same drive and you know skills and all of that and it's just the uh, it's almost like a nature versus nurture right mm -hmm. I mean the, the kind of opportunities we get uh, it shapes us into a completely different person right yeah and about to you know to Nepal's credit it's such a small place like there's so much so much that is available or so little that's available you know accessibility mm -hmm. availability like it's not the same reach as you would see abroad like this of but course then of course. like I, I guess that that takes that plays a huge part in it but I do think you know the number of people these things are available and the type of people the opportunities are available it's also very unfair and disadvantaged mm -hmm. uh, of course of yeah. course. Um, no, I think uh, that's definitely true. And I think we'll talk more about that um, in terms of, you know, uh, our diaspora and, you know, what we can do, Panera. Mm -hmm. um, uh, like, I mean, uh, you've achieved so much in life. Uh, you've done so much, uh, so many amazing things that, uh, you know, when you sort of sit and reflect, mm -hmm. what, are, what are some things that you're proud of um, on a personal level? Um, and then on a pers uh, professional level. Mm. Um, I think on a personal level, this might seem very like small, but like <laughs> to me, I think it is pretty big. I'm proud of the fact that I like make time for my physical and mental health mm -hmm. every day. Like I've been consistent with my workout. You know, it's it's one of those things where like we can we can sit back and say, I just don't have time for it. But right. like making that time to invest in yourself is, it, I think it takes precedence over everything else. And it just puts me in a good state of mind. I'm able to think better. I'm able to, you know, give a better um, experience to my family because mm -hmm. of, 
you know, because of my own mental state. So I think on a personal level, that probably is something that I worked a lot on. And it, I think it reflects on the way I am as a person today. Right, right. And, and then, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. And, and more on a professional level, I think there are a few things, but if I were to pick one, it would probably be my career transformation mm -hmm. um, and just, you know, being comfortable getting out of the bubble that I was in. Like I right. was in consulting for so long mm -hmm. and, you know, like this is a struggle of a lot of us, right? Immigrants that, you know, you're dependent on a company to sponsor you and like, of course, you know, the circumstances are, you're just like sucking it up. I mean, mm -hmm. you're, you're chasing your paperwork, yeah. right? Yeah, mm -hmm. you're like, you just feel so trapped. You can't do anything. Right. Although I, I hope things have changed a little bit and people feel more empowered. But that's how it was. I was like, I can't, I can't go back home. You know, I don't exactly know what I want to do, but I'm going to just stick around and do this job. So I was, and I just let my fear take mm -hmm. me over for such a long time. Um, but then I made that switch. I, I just one day decided that I was going to leave the right. world because it was not something that that gave me happiness or not mm -hmm. something that I wanted to do long term. And right. had I not made that switch from like consulting to LinkedIn and taking that chance in my life, I think things would have looked very, very different for me today. Uh, I fully agree and I love that you're bringing these uh, themes that we don't really talk about as Nepalese or mm -hmm. as South Asians or as immigrants right in terms of you know thinking about happiness and uh, you know health and mental health and so on these are things that are like we, we we almost thought that we weren't really allowed to think about these things right that they're uh, less of a priority than other things that matter right that uh, I'm so glad that that you're bringing this up and I and I hope that you know uh for our generation and and you know people that come after us it becomes a norm okay mm -hmm. that it is something that you need to prioritize your physical and mental health and that even in terms of work it, I mean at times it's uh, you know it sounds so um uh, I don't know what the word is even right where when you say you know your your work should give you happiness and all of that and it, but that it's so true right I mean yeah, we, all, yeah. we all know that yeah and I also think like as you're just starting new in your career like you just don't know and you just mm -hmm. don't know enough to make a decision of what that happiness even feels like I, I do think exactly. early on in your career you have to like learn the work and and be good at it but I think one of the things that I didn't realize early on in my career was that the work that you're doing one is needs to have some kind of meaning and that mm -hmm. you need learning I think to my maybe it's just me but my mindset has hadn't been key it needs to be always growth mindset right that one is you can always do more and you mm -hmm. need to be in that learning mode where you don't know everything but if you want you can learn and you can do things right. you know you don't do that a lot like it's so easy to settle down and you feel like mm -hmm. well, yeah, comfortable exactly exactly right. stability is so important mm -hmm. security those are things that we grew up seeing and feeling exactly so right, then right. it's hard to break away from that mold as well 
Exactly. Right? And yeah. then do risky things, okay, right? Things like, that exactly. maybe pay off in the long run. Tara, you, you, it's almost, you know, one obviously is one big thing is obviously paperwork that we talked about. It sort of, uh, you know, uh, prevents us from taking risks. Tara, even after that, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Even though, even when you're sort of on the other side of the table, I think, I mean, culturally, we're so used to seeking gay stability and you know uh just that that uh you know comfort in like and it's so hard to uh, break through for sure yeah and and then you know, especially as as girls like we're not necessarily encouraged to take that much risk mm-hmm. exactly and oh, that's been your not maybe not by choice you know but that's how you've been brought up and mm-hmm. that's what you see around you you don't see like very uh, sure all of our moms and you know female figures are inspirational in some way or form but it's not in the same context as we're talking about right like like of breaking course. away from like the stereotypes or right right you know, it's almost like a oh. no no it's it's so true it's it's almost like if women do something it's almost a bonus okay? right it's not yeah. Uh, it's not necessary that uh, it's not essential that uh you know if somebody sort of does something extra it's it is extra okay? it's not something that you do uh you know uh, for yourself it's like no that just that perception is uh is so so different right? yeah yeah it's something that's <laughs> talked about as not a norm which like it hopefully a lot of these things become a norm that it's not like the uh, an example that comes to my mind is you know when like early generation when like the men help out with raising their kids mm-hmm. or cooking the kitchen like it's such a big deal why is it a big deal i could never understand <laughs> right like, exactly you know the relatives like uh, they talk uh, about it oh, they, they're shocked <laughs> yeah right and it's almost like the it's the the framing of it is uh the, this guy kite he's like super super amazing that he's willing to put in the time for your own kids by the way i know yeah. and or that you know um or that he's sort of tamed thus okay zabaki the the framing should be that this is how it should always be whether in you know outside us ma or in nepal right that's something that you know obviously we can't go back and change poidaku generations that it is how life should be like for families and couples still it's 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 interesting how how that's taken for sure yeah yeah exactly Awesome. Um, uh, Nirna, Timro, I mean, we'll sort of take a little bit of a, a turn, Isma, you know, in mm. terms and talk about, uh, especially with, uh, you know, consulting and even in LinkedIn and so on, it's, um, you know, you meet a lot of uh, diverse people, people that are not necessarily Nepalese and so on, right? Mm. Um, in your experience, how do people that are, you know, non-Nepalese, how do they perceive Nepali Zaru. Mm. And do you think it has uh, changed over time? From your maybe college days to Oile Dakiri, has mm. that perception changed? You know, I did think about this question a little bit over the weekend. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, while it's very important to understand external perspective, I think we need to first look inward and understand what we as Nepalese perceive Nepalese as. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I, I, I just feel like we have a certain perception of ourselves, 
like right. whether it's like we're lazy or whether it's like mm -hmm. we're not taking you know bold risks or like everybody lives up in Mount Everest I don't know right. like, <laughs> like, or at least everybody's climbing Mount Everest right <laughs> yeah like even when we you know like in the beginning when like but when I came to Nepal like when I came to the U.S. there was a lot of um different types of people you meet from Nepal you know like mm -hmm. college standing people are different people you see working at like service industry are different right. and and a lot of the times when I was in college like all I heard was Nepalese own gas stations mm -hmm. like that's that's something that I heard so much of like I hadn't heard of a lot of people in like doing other things work. right you know yeah mm -hmm. doing other things and all things, you know, right through this this diaspora like we are getting exposed to people doing so many things in so many different sectors so right. I think it's also like we are our own enemies in like you know driving that narrative of what Nepalese are exactly you know? exactly um, but then I think you know most of the non-Nepali folks that know about Nepal either see it as a Himalayan country with like beautiful places and views or are actively doing some work um, as part of NGOs mm -hmm. and but otherwise, like, I think there's also this view of, you know, Nepalese just being lumped together with the Indian diaspora. Right, That's right. That's also another reality. Exactly. Uh, but I don't know if, from my vantage point, I don't know if it's changed that much over the years. Yes, of course, like, there has been a lot of investment in um, tech in Nepal, you know, with the outsourcing growing, right? Um, the tourism industry, like I'm pretty sure there is a lot more that could be done mm -hmm. uh, by way of tourism industry, but it's still, you know, it's still like seen as like the trekking ground or like tourism. More ground. exotic than yeah, like luxury than, sort of, right? Yeah, right. yeah. Mm -hmm. then, then a like a strategic country that people could leverage. I mean, not from a political perspective, that people could leverage. Right, right. Know, growth and like seeing the future of the business type okay? I don't right see that. right right not yet hey not yet I mean I, yet. I like you said I do see um investment happening in that that uh that uh, there's obviously more work needed in terms of that for sure mm. um on the same Usma right uh same uh topic Mate, you know what is the current brand of Nepal, if Nepal has a brand, you know, if, you know, um, if we were to think of countries as brands, what is that brand? Does it, does Nepal have it or doesn't? And if, you know, if there is a brand and it's not the best, right? Um, yeah. How, how can we change it or how can we improve it, Ola? Yeah, um, I think there are many brands of Nepalese. You know? yes there's like sherpas and mountaineers which is very different brand but we mm -hmm. have some amazingly talented people doing great things in other sectors right um and outside in and outside of nepal which should be brought to the forefront mm -hmm. um the the things that are more known like outsourcing runes and like those right right i i i don't know enough like I have family members that are involved in that, and I think it's doing really well. Um, but I think there probably is a lot more, even from an outsourcing perspective, that mm -hmm. Nepal could be doing, or like the kind of outsourcing. Exactly. Nepal is still not thought of as 
the place. Right, yeah. like the quality yeah. place, right? Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's, I think the you know, compared to destinations like India, China, or the Philippines, like Nepal right. is probably like filtered down mm-hmm. in terms of the kind of work that comes. Right. Um, so I think like that's, that's probably the current brand from like, again, middle perspective. Right, right. Um, just, yeah. I, I, outside of the, the tourism and outsourcing, I don't know a whole lot has changed. Right, right. No, I agree. I think there's, um, there is uh, more work to be done. I mean, in terms of that brand, we never sort of hear of Nepal as the first choice, right? Whether it's outsourcing or other things, I think it's sort of, you know, there is uh, work uh, being done and so on. And I think the people that are involved are probably, you know, doing a lot in terms of changing that. But uh, when we think about your global landscape for outsourcing or anything like that, I I don't think at this point eh, it doesn't um, filter to the top, like you said, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Did you ask, like, how to uplift that? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, I do think the, the Great Nepali Diaspora has already started doing quite a bit of that. And exactly what we need to be doing. Right. Um, I think, you know, f- we need to identify and introduce, like, again, like I said, many brands of Nepalese. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we need to elevate, like, our events. So, for example, I, well, I remember when I was in college, too, right, right, right. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of these events, like, I think absolutely needed, right? Having fun mm-hmm. com- component like the cultural right, element right. about absolutely important that I think we do need to elevate our um, events not just like locally but like at a global level like mm-hmm. even you know some of the events that we do within the diaspora it, it could introduce workshops mm-hmm. and seminars and, and making that accessible at various level from like right. students to let's say senior leadership mm-hmm. that will allow us to bring people together um, and then we should also, you know, showcase the strong Nepali network to mm-hmm. be able to then build that network, right? right because right. I, I don't, th- I think a lot of people would give credit to this, you know, TGND in connecting different levels of Nepalese at the moment, because right, how, right. like, how would you even, about last name go, he said now, right? Mostly. Right, right. Very so like how else would you find a connection of course um, right and for present like i i probably know just a handful of nepalese outside of my own network mm-hmm. doing some pretty impressive work and again like i said a lot of it is because of the the diaspora on linkedin right right no i i love that we're actually you know we we've started and i think the Bistari the foundation right in terms of connecting people even like I feel like not just connecting at even like the visibility of people right Malai like what amazes me so much is you know after starting the diaspora I'm learning so much about Nepalese doing incredible things in like fields that I don't even know what that is right mm-hmm. but I know that they're doing incredible incredible work and we never hear their stories we ne- don't even know their names right so for me it just uh it just means that you know we're we've started that there's uh so much that we can do to elevate these people as well as uh, like you said right how do we elevate 
the collective, right? Our, you know, our network overall in terms of uh, your different uh, events, they can skills, they can, um, there's so much work to do. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like just, just today, somebody reached out uh, through our connection and she, she was like, oh, you know, would love to get to know you more. Like this was not the type of culture, not, not necessarily culture, but like this is not the kind of behavior we mm-hmm. would have expected of Nepalese in the past. And like, exactly. there's always that, oh, Nepali, or like, you know, there's always like this competition or fear of like letting someone in or like even like, talking about your work or whatever. Right. You do. But right, I feel like right. now we've evolved enough to be like, oh, yes, there are many of us and there's still going to be room at the top for many top of four, us. Right, let's, right. And, you know, let's help each other out. I think that's oh, the mindset we have now. Exactly. And which is so refreshing to see. Um, and, and I think Molai interesting, I feel like, you know, over time, we've all become so good at networking in general, right? But we're so, we've, we've, we actually suck at networking with Nepalese. Okay? right yeah. because like you said right you you the same message we're so comfortable sending to non-nepalese and you know meeting for coffee or whatever right that are there uh, like it was so it's so new for us i think to interact with nepalese in the same way in the same professional manner that are you know that are still having that uh you know shared connection okay is is such a I think it's a breakthrough in terms of uh, just for all of us to feel that way okay, that you could uh, deal with a Nepali in a very professional manner Vanera. yeah and I think you said it you know really well as well it's like we just didn't know the networking aspect of it you know mm-hmm. I mean uh, there are still times where like Nepali or not Nepali like I get requests on LinkedIn to be connected and or like people would just be like oh I saw this job somebody that right. I probably knew <laughs> years ago and they right. would just be like oh could you refer me to this job well I mm-hmm. would be happy to refer you to this job but like I really don't know you I would love to learn a little bit about you I would love to learn right. like why you're interested in this job like you and so you do all the nuances around how do yourself to somebody so that that person feels comfortable enough to help you out versus just of course that of entitlement of you are a Nepali, I'm a Nepali, you got to help me out. I don't think that's exactly. Right. It doesn't work. It doesn't work in any context, non-Nepali or non-Nepali. But I, I, so, I so get that, right? Where, um, you know, and I think in general, you know, we've all been in situations where, you know, we're looking for a job. We, you know, it, at times it gets a little desperate money. It, it's not fun to be on that side, right? And, you yeah. know, and you yeah. want uh, any help you can get and so on. But what I do think, and I think it's true for our community, Pani, is you have to do the homework. Okay? Like, you know, you, even if it's the person is Nepali, it's on, you have to, I feel like uh, we try to do the minimum. If not, Tara, we have to do more for Nepalese where you show that you don't do the homework. Maybe at least look at the job and see if you're a fit and show why you're a fit and at least not make the other person do the homework for you, right? That's just lazy and it just ruins that connection. Okay. Exactly. You know, if we're like putting in so much work to impress like other people. Right. Why not do that? And then you never know, like the person that you're talking to, they might be the person to hire you. Why not exactly. make that impression? You know? Exactly, exactly. It just is, uh, like you said, right? It just takes, a, uh, you know, few minutes more to actually, you know, 
take that time to research it. Alikiti be a little more uh, intentional, I think, right? Um, yeah. So I hope I hope people that actually listen to this, uh, you know, get that message, right? I think it's it's, it's for everybody, and it's and if you, I think that perception also needs to change, right? And I think you can so relate to it, Nirina, where you know if you're successful, it's it's not that you're not trying to help. It's just that the other person also needs to respect your time, you know? Exactly, exactly. And I think, you know, we've all come such a long way and recognize the fact that it's hard for immigrants to survive mm -hmm. and, and thrive in this country without some level of support. So I think you put in the work, the other person will see that and that person will definitely be Exactly, of course. Of course, um, that's that's definitely true. Um, and I hope, you know, for the community, we can, you know, encourage that culture as well, where, you know, you don't, you're not entitled, uh, but you're sort of encouraged to put in the work so that others can support you, right? Couldn't agree more. Awesome. Um, next, Irina, you talked a little bit in terms of, you know, uh, that brand or that perception of Nepalese, right? Um, in, in in terms of Afne, uh, you know, uh, growth and journey here, how has your identity as a Nepali um, evolved, I think, you know, over time? And how would you describe your identity, Oide? Mm, that's a really <laughs> tough question. Um, I think a Nepali will always be a Nepali at heart. Right? My core, my beliefs, my values, etc. have really shaped me like Nepal has basically shaped me mm -hmm. however I don't think I particularly associate my personal evolution like tied to my identity mm -hmm. you know like right, it's, right. like I, I don't think more as a Nepali here's how I've evolved but it's just me as a person right um, and you know because part of it is obviously being an immigrant having to go through the journey of figuring out how do you navigate the college life how do you navigate um, you know being in in a corporate world and then learning like how to deal with different kind of people like going through all of that as an immigrant versus somebody that's from the country mm -hmm. is obviously very very different experience right right but I think it's the struggles along the way that have really shaped me as a person and like I, I think my identity at the moment is probably just, you know, just somebody that, like, I think if I were to give my like, label myself, I'm still an immigrant, right. you mm -hmm. know, versus I, an immigrant that like really thrives in this country and like right. doing her best to like be successful, but also help others along right. the way versus a particular like, um, I mean, like, um, identity box right mm -hmm. no no that that I think that that makes sense and I think to uh even the immigrant journey is not to static or at one point to snapshot but it's on something that sort of is dynamic and it evolves uh, you know from the time we come here to to now right mm -hmm. awesome um next I mean you've been here for a while right um What's the nicest thing Nepali uh, um, that's not family, that's not, you know, Poilako friends and so on that has done for you? What is the nicest thing? 
just um, a stranger maybe <laughs> um interviewed me for this podcast ah <laughs> thank you <laughs> that of course but i think the nepali community at byu right really helped me as a support mm-hmm. system being away from home um as a nepali like knowing that there's a community that can support you when you need you know when you when you're missing home like there's whatever that you need to talk to them about right. having that probably um that that really made a difference i think mm-hmm. um had i not had that it probably would have been really different and you know some of those people are like to my friends i got married to one of them oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah so i think that it's really important community is something it is know? we are communal of course. like right it's right so important to have that Of course, of course, and I think John, uh, the first time I it's so important to have that support system and you know people that you can rely on and so on. So I'm so glad you found your husband as well as your community, right? <laughs> yep, exactly. Me too. Very glad. Awesome. Um, um, next thing, I mean, I think um, uh, Nirna, we we talked about this a little bit, right? In terms of how we can. uh improve the, the the diaspora and so on right if you and and we've we obviously had again a lot of conversations around this um that if you think about if you separate uh you know people in nepal for example with the diaspora nepalis around the world um and our community what uh, what could be some things that we can do um to uplift them the diaspora i'd say yeah i'm the current um Yes, outside uh, of Nepal, outside of Nepal, right, right. Um, I do think you know some of those webinars and um, uh, what are those events that you you put together with like discussion forums. Mm-hmm. I think those are really helpful. Um, you know, like things that I would have probably thought about, like how do I become an investor? Like sometimes mm-hmm. I wonder, like how is Prithvi everywhere <laughs> investing <laughs> and doing all right. these? It's like being able to learn that mm-hmm. uh, through other people's experiences and then you know knowing exactly what to do how to get involved i think a lot of lot of people still have this like i said like there is that hesitation you know like or maybe lack of enough information to take the risk to do something different where they probably want to do or have had mm-hmm. thought about oh it would be so cool to like maybe be an investor or like I don't know learn more about mm-hmm. um uh, like the data science you're right element, right, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but because we just don't have enough exposure to that we shy away from doing it right And right so I think these these sessions are really really helpful I think the one of the things I I know you are trying to do is the the mentoring match right mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think in order for those things to be successful i think there needs to be again like equal um investment from both parties the mentors mentors you know wanting to be helped and wanting to help and like right uh, and being open to feedback right yeah exactly exactly <laughs> and, and that's something that's also very hard for us i think as nepalese right mm-hmm. is that to f- feedback culture nahi hai na the right or it's like so sugar coated that is like so probably not yeah. true right <laughs> so it's either it's too far end it's either very right. sugar coated or like it's you know too blunt and like exactly right relationship i know right um, and i think the the mentoring probably again that's 
a passion of mine so I probably can talk about it all day long that putting as a mentee you need to be putting in so much more effort in figuring out what do you want to get out of this relationship you know mm-hmm. and because the other person not saying either of their times are not valuable but like the other person is taking out so much of their time to make space for you right you kind of you know think through everything brainstorm and figure mm-hmm. out a direction um like investing time in in having a more thoughtful conversations right right um, that that would really help like flourish their relationship so I think like those mentoring programs I think could be really valuable no no I so agree and I think um like you said right I mean also instilling that culture of understanding expectations okay right the right expectations when you go and it's I I love mentorship there's uh, you know again I could talk about this uh, you know for a day whole but I also think that like you said right a mentorship only works when uh, the the expectations are right when people are willing to put in the work it's not it can't be a checklist item okay no but it just it just uh, doesn't do anything right yeah it's like any relationship, right? You have to mm-hmm. like invest and put time and commit. Right, right. No, no, I, I so agree. Um, and, you know, I'm hoping with with the diaspora, we can we can launch some programs where people want to see value. And also we, you know, start that culture of, you know, being taking ownership, right? It's it's not a magic. I don't think a mentor is your magic pill, right? They can't, <laughs> you know, they can't magically transform your life on like until like you want it bad enough, right? Yeah, exactly. Although it would be pretty nice I know that. right I, <laughs> all of us would want it all of us that uh, someday someday we'll we'll get that uh, you know magic film uh, uh, until then we all have to work really hard <laughs> um, uh, Nine, any last words you'd like to leave our audience with um, I think the great Nepali diaspora is doing some fabulous work I can only imagine you know, all the things that we're going to accomplish together. Um, and I'm just really excited for you. I'm just really excited to see, you know, where we can um, invest our time and resources and bring the community together to do bigger, better things um, and just be connected as one Nepalis. Perfect. That's like the perfect tagline to um, end, <laughs> end our podcast. Um, Nirne, thank you so much. I mean, I've said this so many times that I'm, so grateful for what you do which is uh, privately that uh, you do so much to help our community i i'm so grateful i i love that um you know even in terms of uh, helping to shape the community i always value your insights in terms of timber suggestions and how you're thinking about uh, you know you're taking the time to think about our community i think that matters so much so I, I'm so grateful that you're a part of the community. And I like like you said, I, I'm looking forward to building this together with you and our community members. Absolutely. Thank you, Nirna. Thank you. Great to have you here. Thank you for having me.